This film was approved under the Motion Picture Code of Self-Regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go. Yeah, so welcome to Film Frown, uh, yet another bad movie podcast. My name is Chris. I am a master cyclefectionist, a combination of cycling and making confectionery. <laughs> <laughs> that person like laughing, that. <laughs> the person laughing is uh, Paul. Hi, Paul. Now, but you're, you can't actually eat your confectionery, right? Because That's it would true. be bad for you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> It's uh, it's something I picked up uh, when I was younger. Uh, it's similar to the movie we watched tonight, and uh, <laughs> but then I've, I was struck with diabetes. But oh well. Um, in uh, in 1990, Martin Scorsese started the Film Foundation to preserve and restore cinema classics. We're here to conserve the films that don't make that list. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tonight. Uh, we're happy to have with us not one, but two webcomic creators. Um, this artist was previously on the Star Crash episode of Film Frown and a few Montreal shows. He's the author of The Magic of Eerie, host of uh, the accompanying podcast to that novel, an animator, a cartoonist over at Clattertron.com. It's Daniel J. Hogan. Hey, how are you? Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Woo. Um, it is going. It's uh, I'm happy to be back. I think this is my this is my third episode because we did Boy and His Dog and Star Crash and am I missing one? No, I think you just you did like two Montreal sauce. No, bodies. no, no, no. We we did um we did Skidoo Skidoo oh. as well. That's right. This is my this is my fourth time out. That's wow. right. That's right. It would have been an even nickel, but I uh, flaked on the uh, Waterworld podcast. I still feel <laughs> oh. bad about that. Yeah, and totally uh, missed out on that one. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my cat just slid off his pillow <laughs> and uh, bonked his head on the wall. You okay, buddy? Oh, He's yes. walking it off. He'll be fine. Actually, <laughs> eight more lives left. So. <laughs> Actually, we have with us the man who filled in for Dan at the last moment on the Waterworld episode. Um, he joined us for our On the Road show in Vancouver of Montreal Sauce. He's a student at the Very Cool Center for Digital Media, where he's worked for some really cool tech companies. And I believe his current internship has him working on interactive comics. And he's also one half of the creative minds behind the webcomic BiasedCat.com. It's Armin. Hey, what's up? Hello. Thank you for having <laughs> me on here. I'm glad to um, be talking about my experience on Waterworld. This- oh, wait, wrong podcast. Uh, glad to be here I essentially just realized um, oh Clapton that seems familiar I was following him on Instagram I was was like wow this guy makes really cool stuff because we had a conversation you and me Chris um, about how the process of uh, people's how the process is is really important like how how, art is made and like like what drafts and stuff look like and then you're recommending uh, me to look at his stuff, and he said to go on his website. So that was like months back, and I looked at it, oh, this is really cool. So, pretty neat that he's now here digitally in this medium. So, nice <laughs> to meet you. 
Yeah, we like connecting. We like connecting creators together. That's what we do. Often we do that on Montreal Sauce. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's good to do that with Film Frown too. Chris, well, I'm thinking of it. Or Paul, did you guys uh, read my Waterworld anecdote on that episode that I told you to? Did we? I can't. I don't remember reading it. Did Boy, we read it? That's bad. If we didn't, I'm sorry. I can recap it real quick if you want. <laughs> Go um, for it. You should. So, and then we'll actually get to the thing we're supposed to talk about here. But uh, <laughs> so, Waterworld came out, and uh, I went to the theater with my parents and my sister, and. Um, uh, there was a division as to what to see. I wanted to see Waterworld, and they wanted to go see uh, Apollo 13. And uh, so one of us went and saw a boring movie, and the other one went and saw Waterworld, and that was me, <laughs> And uh, which I caught. I still have not seen Apollo 13. I joke about it, but I'm sure it's a good movie. I just never got around to seeing it. But, uh, yeah, I caught a lot of grief, especially from my dad over that. <laughs> that I went to see Waterworld over Apollo to, 13 over Apollo 13 yeah I I think you told that story like maybe we were gonna do Waterworld next or something and you told that story I feel like I knew that story because I had yeah. the same reaction this time which was like I totally agree with you because yeah. Apollo 13 was so boring yeah <laughs> this weekend you can watch a film frown movie or The Martian mm, well hmm <laughs> I did just finish reading The Martian and, and liked it quite a bit. So uh, the book be... is the book is very good. It will be yeah. uh, the previews look good, but I I really don't know uh, how the uh... my yeah my only concern is they're going to try and shoehorn in some stupid romantic subplot. Yeah, and yeah. I'm very very concerned that'll be the uh, that'll be that'll happen. But anyway, let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> the thing we're here to actually talk about enough tangents uh yes tonight uh we are here because we all watched jim kata no it's not two hours of ken block uh, literally driving the tires off of a car um <laughs> if that's jim kata uh it's a film from 1985 that uh doesn't even break the top 100 at box office mojo sadly um wow yeah of course For that we've year just, for 1985? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but we've discussed that year in the past because that's the same year that The Last Dragon came out. And 1985 uh, is filled with, like, classics. Uh, Teen Wolf, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, European Vacation, Fletch, Goonies. 82 mm-hmm. is another good year for genre films specifically. I think uh, <laughs> the first Conan movie came out and, uh, like, Blade Runner and... I read an article about it once years ago. So, uh, anyone know the number one movie in 85? Uh, I don't know, a Rocky sequel? Back to the Future. Yep. Oh, yeah, duh. Rocky was like three or two, so good call. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, when a film like Jim Cotta does a mediocre job at the box office, it goes to the land of cable movie channels, and there it finds a cult following of sorts. Um, That's where I saw it a million times. And uh, seriously, I found out in doing a little research that in 2006, Warner Home Video and Amazon ran a contest to let people vote on which movies should be released on DVD, and Jim Cotta was one of 20 films selected by fans. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. After watching it, you're definitely like, "Wow!" Um, have you have either 
has anyone ever seen it besides me before uh, this? No, this was my uh, first time watching it. I've heard of it uh, via um, other fellow bad movie <laughs> fans over the years and uh, never actually got around to seeing it until this popped up. And it was uh, quite the adventure. So, uh, so Armin, like, what would the tagline for this movie be? Like, how would you describe uh, Jim Cotta? The tagline for Jim Cotta, um, because it doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I when I, I think when I was like picking a list of movies, I, I, I'd want to talk on a podcast for. I, I chose this, um, but then I, like, I told myself I wouldn't read like the synopsis on the back of like the movie cover or whatever, like just so I would have no context going into it whatsoever <laughs> and give it the most, you know, like the <laughs> scrutiny that I could. But yeah, I, I think confusion would be another one. <laughs> Exclamation mark. Jim Cata, confusion. <laughs> well, even right down to the movie poster, which has him like karate kicking two ninjas and technically Uh, As I read, like someone commented on the IMDb page, there are no ninjas in this film. (laughs) It's true. Aren't the ninjas like one of them has a throwing star, that one has an Uzi or something? Yeah, right. Um, So, yeah, basically someone went to Hollywood and said, how about a gymnastics slash karate fighting film? Right. So we get Kurt Thomas, who is an Olympian, uh, gymnastic uh, guy, and uh, he's now going to do karate in this film. Was he in the Olympics the year before that? Was 84 uh, a, a gymnastics Olympics year? So he has a bunch of titles from like world gymnastic meets, but 1980 was the year that Carter boycotted the Olympics, so he yep. never went. Ah, interesting. That's his. It's like if you made a new Waterworld movie and then you got Michael Phelps to star in it. <laughs> which i mean i would see that yes yeah (laughs) instead of the martian yeah probably i mean i already read the martian so i know i know what happens but uh michael phelps in a water world rebuilt a reboot that'd be pretty cool yes he has his own little island where he grows his crops um So, yeah, let's jump in. We're running late uh, with our technical things. So I will just uh, start synopsizing. I made up a word. It's fun. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I jump in real quick at the start here? I actually yes. really liked the opening shot, which was the, uh, um, <laughs> of the, the close-up of the uh, gymnastic bar just in the middle of the frame. Yeah, yeah. And just how like that's and then the slow mo. I guess that's not the opening shot. The opening shot is them uh, doing the the other thing. But uh, I actually drew a quick sketch of that because like wow, they're just putting it right in your face, aren't they? The, this is going to be all about gymnastics. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. No, and my issue with that was like I just kept thinking like the director has never seen gymnastics before because it's just like very dark and like a spotlight like yeah. flashing by him as he does his gymnastics and I was like that's just dangerous really I mean, <laughs> right right it, it almost looks like it's like batman practicing in the bat cave and you hear <laughs> applause out of nowhere but you don't really see anyone till like the very end of it and then when they cross cut between that and the stuff with the game it's like i thought for a second am i watching two different movies at once like this it's like they're so 
uh, opposite jarring. of each other. Yeah, it's and very I, jarring. And I feel like this is the only scene in the movie that has any dramatic lighting to it at all. Because right. basically the entire rest of the movie is extremely flat lit, like a like yeah. a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the like first... an A-team episode. I mean, that's the best <laughs> yes. thing you can say about it, too. It's yeah. really flat lit. <laughs> that's yeah. the best thing you can say about this movie. The first thing I was going to say was that uh, I was surprised that this movie, pacing-wise, like, it's fairly modern. Like, we've watched a lot of older movies on this podcast, and the thing you notice is a lot of those old films take their time and really build drama and scenes. And, and, and modern Hollywood spends, like, 10 to 12 minutes to get you in a plot, and then, boom, like, you hit the audience with a ton of action. Yeah, uh yeah, I, I may know that too, and um, I don't want to jump ahead because I know you want to break down the synopsis and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I was, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but I definitely noticed that they just jumped right in in the middle of the story. Like, okay, this is what you got to do. Here's where you're going. I'm like, whoa, they're not even <laughs> setting yeah. up who these people are. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some real snoozer scenes in here that right, go on right. way too long, like 70s and 80s films. But, yeah. So, yeah, we open with Kurt Thomas uh, doing his little gymnastics. And uh, like uh, Dan said, we get um, some of the jarring jump cuts of, like, horses and men running somewhere else. And, uh, oh, I should probably note, since it's here, my notes, that Mr. Kurt Thomas, uh, he didn't win, but he did earn a Razzie nomination for this film. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I feel, yeah, let's see, like, uh, I'm going through my notes already. Um, so then uh, – the gymnastics thing, after we see a little bit of that, we finally get to cut to the other scene and see what's happening. And there's a bearded man running around in sweatpants being chased by what looks like not ninjas, but they're not. They're just warriors in all black costumes. Uh, <laughs> right. And our bearded friend uh, Cabo, is that his name? He – we – the – villain calls him that he gets to a gorge over a river that he has to cross using this rope and it's a very long drop and our villain zamir played by the awesome richard norton uh who was in a recent film from podcast he was in the octagon um, yes <laughs> so zamir grabs a bow and arrow um from one of the not ninjas and says Come along, Cabo. And uh, the man responds like, Khan, explain the game. Now back off. Um, and we don't know what any of this means. And anyway, Zamir shoots him and he lets go of the rope and screams and plummets to his watery grave. So then we go back to the parallel bars. And <laughs> yes, it's totally like canned applause because we never get like an intercut with an audience. And uh, he lands and there's like some slow-mo as you do. And he's smiling and he walks by some bleachers where we do get to see, like, some fans. And then his smile disappears as he sees some dude. And cut. Do you like how that dude, like, stops that one woman from chasing after him, too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, nowhere at any point does this woman ever come to play in the film. You're like, oh, is that his girlfriend or who is that? Like, no, he's just, like, oh, used to Completely unrelated. It, it, yeah, it is weird because the way that they frame it, it... it I can't decide, like, is he her dad and, like, he doesn't approve of her dating a gymnast at this point? Like, I have no idea who he is. 
and it's a it's a really strange way that they cut that together. Yeah, because the yeah exactly because the way that guy's framed and the way he acts like he he's someone important, but you're like uh, okay. But then as the next scenes start going, you realize I don't know he's you think maybe he's his manager, but he's not. Yeah, so it makes <laughs> yeah. that first scene kind of confusing. Yeah, turns yeah. out he's Nick Fury. Yeah, much yeah. Yeah, because now we're at a cabin getting a ton of exposition. I mean, a debriefing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this guy, this mystery man is from some sort of intelligence agency. And it turns out uh, the man shot and who was plummeting towards the river was our gymnast hero's daddy. Um, Which there's a great, like, just to make that connection for you as the audience, there's a great picture of the two of them together and the dad has like a smoking pipe. <laughs> it's like zero expression on, uh, on like the protagonist's face too as he's looking at it. Yeah, yeah, there's that. But then, yeah, I just thought it was funny. Like here, supposedly these the top athletes in the world play the game and that's weird. Like really, you smoke a pipe in your, in your part-time? <laughs> Now, now, Mario Lemieux was known to smoke quite a few cigarettes and he was still <laughs> able to win scoring titles in the NHL. It's true. It's true. It was a different time back in the 80s. Yeah. So uh, so the nation of Parmistan, where I assume they make Parmesan. Uh, that was, yeah, that was my thought too. <laughs> There's tons of cheese in the film. Um, so Parmistan is a great location for a Star Wars satellite station. Um, what do does we, that even mean? <laughs> I was thinking we might have to explain that to Armin because uh, different generation. Yeah, this was this was a big plan that uh, Reagan had that he was <laughs> going to he was going to set up this uh, Star Wars uh, laser satellite system that would be able to shoot down nuclear warheads so that yep. if the this United a, States... This was a real thing. This was a real thing that Reagan wanted to do. He wanted to build... Um, he wanted to build, <laughs> basically, lasers on satellites that would shoot down uh, nuclear warheads. Which was famously lampooned in RoboCop in one of the news segments <laughs> they talk about the Star Wars uh, platform malfunctioning and blasting a part of i think california or something and actually killing one of the, some president that retired there which <laughs> maybe they're alluding to that that was reagan yeah but, yeah <laughs> i forgot about that I, I mean like of all the names i guess you could go i mean it makes well, I think, sense what the, the time period too I mean, but i think right. lucas yeah. tried to sue him over that too <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like he tried to like block it, but it was one of those things where it just um, once it, just it was that so, it was that it, it, yeah. yeah, it became so prevalent in the media. Like I think it had a real name, but then people just kept calling it that, and it stuck. So yeah, yeah. So well, that covered. <laughs> so now I know what a Star Wars. Star Wars funny. Like. Um, funny. The thing is, I also didn't know Parmas. Not like I was trying. I'm like, did I just hear miss? Are they, are they talking about Pakistan or Pakistan? Like, did I just hear this? All these like fictional countries in these movies, like just in the, like in Waterloo. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you all must have noticed because it's prominently at the end of the movie. If you made it that far, uh, that this is based on a book called The Terrible Game by Dan Tyler Moore, I think is his name, and uh, um, 
So I kind of like perused like the Amazon page for that book and it was written in 1957. So interestingly <laughs> enough, this Star Wars plot that they added replaced the original plot because this happened in the 1957, this sure. book. The idea was this would be a perfect location to put a weapon and the weapon was called the Atomic Howitzer. <laughs> Ooh, nice. I know, like, that's kind of sexy. I like that. Uh, so anyway, the, what we learned from our mystery man is that Parmistan has the game. So you run around an obstacle course uh, around the countryside. Uh, and if you survive, you get one wish from the leader of the country, the Khan. That's kind of how it goes. Like the rules are very loose. <laughs> um so Jonathan is the name of our gymnastics hero. He's shown a picture of Zamir at this point, and um, we get the background of this guy. He's basically your Aladdin plot where he's the power-hungry second-in-command that really runs the palace instead of the fool dictator. Um, and so Jonathan, our gymnast, is the last hope. He has to win the game so we can have our Disney Star Wars reboot. Totally. So... It's time to train for the game. Boom, just like that. Here we go into a training montage. Feels kind of weird, but uh, here we go. But the music isn't as good. No. <laughs> also, keep in mind, we're talking about like rushing into things. Like 12 minutes in, he's already got the girl. Like, I yes. don't know. Like, he hasn't <laughs> yeah. worked for it. He just sort of goes. Like, and it's just. That's, it's gymnast, totally. <laughs> Um, yes, one of his trainers is the Princess Rubali of Parmistan. She's there to help. And so, Armin, do you want to talk about their first meeting? <laughs> I mean, you know, like when she, when it's like, oh, never underestimate. Uh, I, like, I don't even know what the quote there was. I'm like, okay, you know, so automatically I know this is the, this is the, the lead female role, role and she's supposed to be all, you know, like Kekassi or whatever, but she's ignoring him, uh, supposedly, as he's training. And then he's like, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, she's not paying attention to me. It's like, well, maybe she doesn't like you. But then what what infuriated me so much about the next scene is when when he's doing like the backflips and he's pretending to be her, like talking back, back and forth between Jonathan and, I don't know, like Princess, whatever her name is. Um, he just sort of walks up to her and just like kisses her on the mouth. And then they instantly start making out. Like, there's no, like, who is this person? Um, like, why have we not had any, like, escalation up until this point? It's just, like, all of a sudden, boom, girlfriend. Right. And she hasn't right. even spoken yet at that point, has she? No. I was first wondering who the princess, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of new information you're given, like a fictional country, um, princess of a fictional country, uh, and then some game, and then, like, you know, exposition, exposition. Star Wars site, so uh, it'll be nice if there were some more, you know, dialogue with her, and you kind of got got to know who she was as a person. But 
And it seems like in a movie that they would make today, assuming that they would try to make a movie with this kind of plot today, um, they wouldn't the wouldn't the guy who's in charge be like, "Whoa, dude, you got to slow your roll here." All right, she's <laughs> the princess, and I don't want yeah. you going there and winning yeah. this game and then making your wish. I wish to marry the princess because we need our freaking satellite station. See, and I had that same thought, and I kind of hoped that was going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have like a twist ending, but then if he gets married and then he becomes like you know, uh, an heir to the throne, then he's they still get to build the base or whatever. So he's kind of killing two birds. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's she doesn't have like any lines, and yeah, you're right. The sort of relationship escalates very quickly. Um, and you're just supposed to assume like a James Bond movie, like he just has that swagger, I guess. But uh, <laughs> that gymnastic he, swagger, that yeah. gymnastics, because yeah. uh, he goes through the montage of jogging and fighting, and he tries to walk up some stairs on his hand. And there's an awesome Asian trainer who has him chopped wood, but he's instructed to listen to the sound of the axe as it travels through the air, not the wood. And while he's saying that, he has a random falcon on his arm for no reason. <laughs> Which never gets used for anything, right? Ever. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on? This movie is definitely lacking in falconry, that's for sure. Oh, I would say most movies are. That's true. So there's a random bit that I like, too, where he's training and the agent guy shows up and watching him train. And that's uh, Armin alluded to that. Jonathan's like, yeah, hey, the princess drives me nuts. She won't talk to me. And uh, the agent guy's like, she'll come around. Interestingly enough, her mother yeah. was Indonesian. And I was like, what? What? What is that? (laughs) Now, do you think maybe they they he says that so that's how they get around the whole she doesn't look like her father thing? Yeah, yeah, I had that later on when we meet the con because I was like, oh, that's why that line just sort of fell out. Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah. So, so there's another scene um, that he's frustrated that she won't talk to him, and this is what Armin was talking about. So he just in the standing still he flips midair to change his location and uh pretend like he's talking for her since she won't talk to him and yeah he just kisses her and she pulls out a knife and he's like yeah i get it don't trust anyone and then he's like sometimes you just gotta take a chance and kisses her again yeah it was uh great for like the um like the second act or you know just before shit goes really bad later in the film. Uh, and then, like, up until that point, you imagine, like, they'll be bickering between each other, maybe to some sort of, like, a class difference or something. Like, that would have been nice. That would have been a nice lead-up. But then, you know, it's like, oh, well, I guess we're here at this point. Yeah, it would have even been more cool, like you said, to drag it out longer. Like, they arrive in Parmistan and get attacked or something, and he's like, wait, did you do this? Like, are they just doing this for you? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they uh, make their way to Parmistan, Jonathan and Princess Rabali. And uh, the, on their way, they have to travel to some other country on the Caspian Sea and then take a pack mule and a raft to get into Parmistan. Difficult place to get to, I guess. Um, so we meet the stork who will help them get there. Yeah, in this town and there's a completely pointless Bond-like scene where he shows off some weapons he can take because guns aren't allowed in Parmistan and those weapons never show up again. Yeah, I was I kept <laughs> waiting for that to pop up and like at the end of the movie I'm like, wait, that 
you never saw those weapons again. Yeah. Ugh. It's so weird that they like even make like her use one of the weapons. He's like, oh my gosh, don't do, you know, like. Right. It totally violates yeah. the, uh, was it the Chekhov's gun rule thing or something? Like, <laughs> here's this cool weapon and we never get to see them use it. Yeah. Like two weapons because they have the. The, the super sharp that, weird axe. Yeah. yeah, super sharp axe and the, the knife that shoots its blade across the room. And, yeah. Like it never comes back. Projectiles that are in this movie is harder than it is for our protagonists to like be able to fight anyone because all they can do is gymnastics. <laughs> so there's any, there's any, I, oh, there's a scene way later on. I'm not, I'm not gonna get to, but um, essentially, I think like the instead of creating a story that makes sense, why there wouldn't be, like there wouldn't be any weapons allowed, um, it's almost as if they had to change everything around the fact that this guy's just really good at gymnastics and let's not let him use guns. So let's have everybody in the movie fight him without any like without like, any weapons. Um, right. And figure out how to disarm any bad guys that do yeah. have guns in some, you know, obscure way before he's really in the scene. Just to make sure that nobody can shoot him with an arrow like they do everybody else in the movie. They should remake yeah. this movie, but instead of being a gymnast, the dude should be like a I don't know, a rodeo guy or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Parkour that. master. Yeah. When you said like how uh, how he can he can't disarm anyone and I was like, oh man, like the remake needs to feature him because he's also part of the floor routine. So he's really good with the ribbon. There you <laughs> go. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so they they go to this local market the, the day before or the evening before they're going to leave. And uh, it's basically just so that the princess can get captured. Yeah, for the whole lesson of trust nobody, they sure are just kind of walking around out in the open. He's wearing this bright red sweatshirt that's like, hello, I'm an American. Why don't you come attack me? And uh, they didn't expect anything to happen. I don't get this. Yeah, it's very poorly set up. They had bodyguards. They're fine. Oh, sure. Which is funny. It's like, hey, you're our best hope. You're going to go to this, like, sort of a fighting sort of game. But uh, here's your two bodyguards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like, like this. Best hope is, like, constantly fooled by everyone around him. Like, oh, this was <laughs> a knife. Like, oh, this, uh, this colonel is about to kill me. Like, oh. Yeah. Who is he this is- guy? He's not even Bond. And he's not quite, like, the nice guy. Like, Luke Skywalker. He's just... Like, they couldn't decide what the character of Jonathan was. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, I was going to say the fight scenes, I love them because they have all the same sound effects from the old Bruce Lee movies. (laughs) Yes. It makes (laughs) sense because Robert Klaus, the director, directed Enter the Dragon and Game of Death. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I started keeping track of how often I heard the same body hitting the ground sound effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just I stopped caring after a while because I just kept hearing it over and over again. There's a couple times in these chases, too, where 
Well, I feel like they got into the editing room and they realized they only had an hour long movie and they needed to make it in an hour and a half long. And so right. they used excessive slow-mo and, uh, and then in these chase scenes, you can see them reusing shots more than once, uh, or, or not, yeah. ma- if not the exact same shot, they reuse the angle on the same space, um, consecutive times. Uh, and it, it, all of all of these action scenes, I feel like, are going way longer than they need to, uh, and it's making the choreography, which really should be pretty decent choreography, it's making it look bad because the cuts just aren't tight enough. Yeah, and uh, to that point too, it's like they just don't have enough coverage of anything because they. It seems like they never have like the connecting wide shot they need. Like in a little bit when he's like running through the cornfield, you yeah. never see the yeah. two parties at once, so yeah. you just never know where anyone is. I think it's <laughs> interesting though that they grow corn in Parmistan. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had that same thought. <laughs> so you guys uh, are wondering about like what like. So like the economics of this country, and like, you know, why are they, like, why are they growing corn? Nobody's wondering. What, like, first of all, what is Parmesan? And then also, why is this movie like such a weird blend of like an '80s theme um, with the questionable, they questionably portray foreign people, and then also just ninjas out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like. They, and, and, and it's funny you're, you're mentioning Paul. Like it seemed like they were. You're saying like they needed to extend the movie to be like so they added all these like slow mo scenes. Well, like the strangest part is they could have put in more time, like having some more dialogue to kind of make the the world kind of make more sense. And uh, like that seemed like the more obvious thing to do rather than having like, having like really really long action scenes. Um, they go in between scenes that kind of have no connecting parts that you mentioned, like the, like the corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I, I would say that's a missed opportunity there. Um, but I did probably- like the, this uh, market scene was where we had our first randomly placed piece of gymnastic equipment that let him <laughs> use his abilities. Yeah. <laughs> and, and did you right. notice his hands were powdered when he powdered jumped chalk, for the yeah. bar? <laughs> It's actually I mean, that's the only thing he can do. That's probably they're like, oh, let's just cut down the acting and just let him do what he does normally in the Olympics. So, yeah, it's like they they took the same attitude that filmmakers did with Elvis. Well, he can't act. Let's just have him sing the lines. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's uh, Eddie Murphy's joke, not mine. But uh, but yeah, yeah. So since she got nabbed, he's off to go save her from some mansion and. Yeah, like Dan said, they, luckily this town has a high bar in an alley, yeah. um, as, as you do. And uh, <laughs> and what I think is hilarious about that is that's his move, is just to swirl around the bar. And when the henchmen come around the corner, they just get knocked out. Like Yeah. And then even, sadly, the passerby on his bicycle, who Jonathan's like, oh, are you okay? You're going to be fine. And that guy's, like, getting up. And everyone else is knocked out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That guy's that dude suffer, totally suffer. has a concussion. He does, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, he breaks into the mansion. He beats up a few guards. Uh, one of them is like really great because he has a scar across his face. I liked him. Um, oh yeah, the old dude with the yeah, beard. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, tried drawing a sketch of him real quick. It was because I was like, wow, that's a, that's a face you for, don't forget. The one that yeah. got fire extinguished. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was. 
Again, really odd shot choices here because it feels like with the pacing, they're trying to set this up as as if it's going to be a really complex standoff and it's going to take some time for him to get past this guy and it takes like 30 seconds for him to get past him once they actually start fighting. Yeah, he fights a couple other guys and that guy shows up again and conveniently yeah. like gets to be a shield while some machine gun bullets come after <laughs> yes. John. Yeah. Also, when the princess is uh, across um, whoever it was, like who had like the, the AK or just the machine gun or whatever, um, what when he w- reached out and grabbed the gun and then the scene just cut to, to like Jonathan, was that intent? Like, was he about to kill her there, or did, was he just going to grab the gun and just, uh, just sort of like protect himself and go kill John? Because I was confused about that scene. Like, I mean, like I- she. She looked like she was held hostage. It was just, yeah, it was awkward. Like I thought he was grabbing the gun because she was eyeballing it. I don't know. That was really strange. Um, so <laughs> then they they run out of the mansion, and uh, here comes some more goons to chase them uh, through the streets forever and ever. And like Paul said, you get to see some shots over again. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, and a billion near miss near misses of gunfire. <laughs> so, so the thing is, uh, for all you aspiring supervillains that are out there, um, you need to put your goons through basic training. You're not going to hit anything with a mach- machine gun if you're holding it in the pocket of your elbow. You need to get that thing up where you can see through the sight. Otherwise, you're just not going to hit anything. You shouldn't expect to. Out of just stormtrooper one on one. Yeah, yeah. But it's, then it's people can't stuff. see their faces. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old uh, action hero dilemma. That's why you know that's where that comes from is because uh, um, you know you couldn't see the actors' faces if they did that. They shot sure. them how they're supposed to shoot them. Sure. Right. Right. Like every woman wakes up in bed and she's got makeup on. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> shooting from the hip is totally accurate <laughs> it totally is only james uh, bond can pull it off the whole uh the whole action scene coalesces with a car chasing them that eventually just flips over because it has to dodge another car um <laughs> yeah and then they get back to the stork and oh no he's double crossed them like everyone else uh they're totally dead nope the stork is shot dead because out of the shadows comes our intelligence agency friend. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a short mule ride later and um, some obnoxious footage of them whitewater rafting. And <laughs> <laughs> with, by the way, this this inspires me to we have to we have to create like a um, Film Frown does mouth foley uh, video series on YouTube where we just take three minutes out of these Film Frown movies. We just pick three minutes and then Chris, you and I will record foley with our mouths and see if we can do a better job than they did in sound design. Because this this whitewater (laughs) rafting scene is, I mean, they they might as well have just stuck a microphone in a toilet and flushed it to get the flu- to get the I water sound because <laughs> it, it's awful it's t- really terrible yeah i uh i, I, I was actually the only like redeeming audio component of this movie but even still it doesn't like 
really stand out. It's just it's it's fine, and then all the sound effects, like you said, like the that's like the Bruce Lee movies. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. The score is pretty good. The score has some. Um, like there, there's a couple different genres in there. There's a little bit of a team in yeah. there. There's some kind of unusual stuff. It's your standard like action movie. Yeah, yeah. Scored. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like the weird stuff that I really like. Um, but yeah, the I actually wanted to. I was gonna just for fun grab a couple of the um fighting sound effects and play them for the audience. But I wanted to get them clean, and I didn't want to get, like, the background stuff. And that's when I started paying attention. And so um, uh, once they arrive from the raft into Parmistan, they're greeted by the Not Ninjas, and Jonathan takes them on. So here's another good fighting scene where I might be able to, like, get some sound effects. But they put a bunch of, like, leaf rustling in there too for their footwork and i was like oh that's kind of annoying i'm not gonna grab that and now i'm paying attention and so like he takes one of the guys and like you know throws him over his shoulder or something and the guy laughs and like none of the leaves or the guy laughs the guy's lands and none of the leaves make any noise (laughs) yeah i was like okay you could probably get the same effect. I mean, if you just looked up royalty free punching kicking sound effects i mean you'd probably get like this movie sound effects the same or better <laughs> they'd probably and, be like the sound effects library we had at grand valley state yes. it would be it would be yes. yeah uh so anyway during the fight uh jonathan gets the old bonk on the head and he's knocked <laughs> out um and he wakes up in a bedroom oh, being man this this next scene <laughs> with the nurse <laughs> Hello, nurse. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I think I wrote I mean, a note about that. Let's see if I can find it here. But um, She's got Yeah, I just wrote out creepy teeth. nurse. Creepy nurse. Which is yeah. really all you need to know. And they have another one of those throwaway lines later where they say, like, oh, the other countries in the area send their... Uh, mental patients here, or something along those lines. Did you, did you guys pick that up? I, oh, for the village of the dam. But what I did here, I'm like, this has got to stand out. Like the, you know, like top 100 quotes, like uh, for movies from all time. You'll get no answer. She has no tongue. I mean, <laughs> what what is that doing there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. What purpose that's serving in the movie? Yeah. This this. Uh, this movie is a strange one because it's got these it has this feel of like not trying to take itself too seriously in a lot of parts yeah. and then there's other parts that are really dark and th- that line it like alludes to one of those parts where it's like uh <laughs> okay and like the way she's like eye humping him and like rubbing his chest and face and everything it's he's just, like and at first he's like struggling and he's like oh all right fine <laughs> yeah on. yeah he just gives in <laughs> that's great i was like what yeah um yeah his line like that you mentioned like it would just been better off if he would be like look just like all female casting in hollywood we cast them for their bodies not what the, how, how they can talk <laughs> <laughs> it was awful um yeah and i actually have a comment uh that i put down was like 
Um, this film, I found out they filmed it uh, in Yugoslavia, and I was like, the faces they found are like simply amazing. Like I feel like the scene coming up where they show the townspeople, I'm just yeah. like, why yeah. is the casting director not getting an Oscar for this film? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, he's getting treated by the nurse. Zamir comes in to greet him, tells him the princess is with her father. Uh, and then the next scene is the con and he's showing uh, Jonathan and some of the other athletes yeah uh, a terrible model of the game um check out my diorama (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's so great and the con uh the princess's father uh looks looks like he just walked off the set of fiddle on the roof (laughs) yes that's exactly what i thought too (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's so great. It's like uh, Armin uh, was talking about um, and Paul and all of us. Like this movie uh, is like a melting pot of like characters. It like, is. Yeah. Princess Rubaldi is Indonesian. She's actually from the Philippines. Um, the Khan. <laughs> yes, he looks like he's from the Philippine roof. And uh, our yeah. main villain, Zamir, is Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Nobody puts on any airs either. They all talk like they normally do. Once again, confusion, quote unquote. <laughs> right. Oh. Um, if I were a rich con. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Sorry. I kept waiting for that to happen. <laughs> that that actually, that would fit in this movie somewhere. Just a <laughs> random, peop- everybody breaks out in a song. I. It wouldn't be surprising. That's what happened. That's what needs to happen. Like, if this movie is going to be remade, it needs to be a Bollywood remake. Yes. There's a perfect image I found. You should Paul consider putting in the show notes that I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll send to Paul. But yeah, I mean, you can you know, from what we talked about with the one with no tongue, you can probably guess what it is. But the image the name is Jim Cotta Babe. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just a little something that the uh, the listeners might want to check out. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're, yeah. at this point, where are we at with the movie? So he's seen so, the diorama. Yeah, he gets to see the diorama. But anyway, now we're gonna get a look at the real game, Yakmala. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so three prisoners get to play the game today. And if they win, their crimes are forgiven or some nonsense. So the athletes and Jonathan get to ride on horses and watch the game and get a sort of a preview of the course. Can we uh, pause on, on the uh, athletes for a second here? Like, <laughs> was I the only one who had no idea who these other athletes were or where they were from? What was going on either? Uh, yeah. I thought I missed something. It's so weird because, like, one of them is named Gomez. And <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. And the other guy like seems like he's kind of Russian, but we never get. And then when Thorg shows up later, <laughs> there's a whole Thorg? bunch of stuff I want to talk about. Thorg, Thorg. yes, yeah. He I, almost uh, seems I like a lot American. Of notes about him too. <laughs> I was going to say they all, they pretty much all feel like they could be representing America in this yeah. competition. At I, least like in Enter the Dragon, you get an idea of where everyone's from and kind of what they're representing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but this, I'm like, wait, who are these people? Where are they from? What are they? What are they? What are they? What are they? I, like, I had no idea who any of them were. 
Yeah, and I'm not a history kind of a person, so I was going to actually look stuff up and I was lazy. But there's like at some point, like back in the exposition in the beginning for the training, where um, <laughs> the the CIA agent or whoever he is says no one has ever won this game in 900 years. And I was no, like – No outsider has won the game in 900 years. Oh, Okay. I was like, so they were playing this game in 1085? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Could be. I was like, I'm a little confused. In uh, fact, they had the ninjas too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back then it was just checkers. Yeah. Gah, curses! Which yeah. led me to, like, so was Thorg the the hometown Thorg. favorite? Or I just, I didn't know who he, I don't know. Well, Jonathan seems to know him so it's like yeah. jonathan has seen him compete somewhere maybe i don't know he saw him compete in munich and i don't know what that yeah means. yeah he looks like a body like, was he a gymnast <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was lifter well that's a reference to the olympics though that would have yeah. been the 76 olympics or what was it when was the munich olympics i can't remember that's good call not sure. I do have to say, um, 1972. Okay. Thorg is getting on in his years. Um, I have to say <laughs> yeah. like when the prisoners run off to go to the game and the crowd is cheering, then they ride off on their horses. Like Zamir's horse runs over someone in the crowd. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's true. And I was like, did they do that to make him look more like more of a villain? Or is this just something like keep the camera rolling? Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just an extra. He'll this be fine. We have insurance. He didn't say anything, did we? Because we're going to have to give him a speaking role then. <laughs> yes, if he screamed <laughs> for his life. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the rules are kind of unclear. Like, I guess the following warriors, the not ninjas, can actually attack the people if they're on the same stage of the game, supposedly. Um, but uh, suffice to say, the prisoners do not make it and the not ninjas kill them all. So it's banquet time, uh, which is like a pre-celebration of the game for tomorrow. And uh, we also learn... As we've alluded to, that uh, from someone that there's a town of crazies at this little party that you have to go through as a competitor, and the nation of Parmistan has put all their criminally insane in the same uh, village for generations. So yeah. that's that's what this place is. Um, <clears throat> and this is where Thor comes in, and he's a big hunk of beef who takes the pages from like a Bond villain. Um, and he's just quiet and he uses his like stature to do the talking. <laughs> right. Yeah. And when and when he does talk, it's not that impressive, like worse than <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um Is this Thor, find out about the wedding or is that later? Yeah, yeah. The Khan the Khan announces that the princess is to be wed to Zamir after the game. Right. Uh oh. Her uh Oh no. Her and our man Jay have been making eyes all night. Uh, so Zamir, he gets up, he takes off his robe uh, and does some fancy twirling of his size before throwing them towards Jonathan, who doesn't flinch a bit <laughs> because our, he's our hero. And uh, 
Zamir goes over and grabs his weapons and said, she is mine. To which, uh, oh, when Jonathan, he whips out the size. Yeah. 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 Which I was like, wait a minute, but whatever. And yeah, yeah he's, he's throwing around like, I'm like, all right, man, do what you gotta do. Like, why, why escalate it for <laughs> this guy's so much bigger than you. Just I do like, uh, I do like Jonathan's line though. It's not over yet. So put your hardware back in your pants. <laughs> right. And I didn't even catch that. I, I heard hardware, but I mean, what kind of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's a little confusing sometimes, like figuring out what the time period is. I have to remind myself, oh, this is the 80s. Because we've got like a, a, a Renaissance theme banquet with. <laughs> yeah. And like. Ninjas, it's just like there's so many different themes that <laughs> yeah. I remember I was watching this movie with my headphones on and then um one of my coworkers walked by it. Well, I mean I shouldn't have been watching it work, but he's like he's looking at it and he's like, it looks like they're doing they're cosplaying. Like there's no <laughs> rhyme or reason to any of the costumes. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can buy that. It's a not ninja ren fair. Yeah, exactly. Can I rewind for a second here? So if he saw a Torg compete in Munich, that was 13 years before that would have been this? 13 years before yes. this yeah so um, yeah that kind Thor of would be about hulk hogan's age now right okay oh perfect <laughs> perfect yeah that's a good comparison oh which uh, as an aside yes you guys please. need to do no holds barred <laughs> oh okay have you seen that movie i have not oh. seen that movie We're oh, gonna have to add that. oh 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 clear your schedule yes <laughs> Uh, I gotta turn my baseball cap around for that one. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's something special. Um, so we cut to our hero threatening his uh, caretaker nurse lady with a knife and demanding she take him to the princess. So he and the princess meet in the garden, and this is where like uh, Armin has alluded to the fact that it just sort of jumps from like uh, I'm not talking to you to like we're in love. To this point where, like, she, like, goes from being a badass in the beginning to your sad, typical Hollywood female character going, don't participate in the game, you'll be killed. Yeah. Complete in, like, a white, <laughs> you know, flowing dress gown thing, which is, yep. like, nothing she's worn up until that point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of sad. And uh, and then he makes a great point because he's like, I'll be killed anyway. They won't let me leave. Um, so that was a good scene. Hooray. Finally, it's game day. Yakmala. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the one thing that people are really good at in this film is running. There's lots of running, and I'm always impressed because they seem to be running really fast. And I don't run a lot. Uh, Is this before or after um, he he threatens to kill, like, the... the, uh, Well, not threatens, sorry, he... He asks that like lady with no tongue where the princess is. Yeah. But like she not only that, I mean he, he like threatens to kill her, like, so he can take her there. And then afterwards he's like, Alright, chill, and like gives her the knife. It's like yeah, you know, it says, don't get be afraid. away with doing something like that. I don't get, like again, is this guy a good guy or a bad guy? I don't understand. Like, yeah. He, the weird part of that. 
Oh, I was just going to say the weird part of that is they do it all in silhouette, too. And I was like, wow, what, is this like a Disney movie? Like, are they going to eat spaghetti <laughs> together? I'm so confused. Um, so, yeah. Do the that, paper doors come from Indonesia, too? <laughs> <laughs> so that happened, and then uh, we're right into the the game here. And uh, unfortunately, our, our boy Jay he trips. Um, and so Thor <laughs> stops and kicks him in the face. Yeah, he's off to a great start. <laughs> Thor is uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, I-, I like his uh, silver bracelets. Oh, yeah. And headband, matching headband. Yeah. And uh, I love his fighting style, which is like that sort of like uh, jittery juggling uh, hands, like so that his comp- opponent never knows like which hand he's going to hit him with. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, uh, Zamir and the hunters, the uh, not ninjas, they take off to hunt the runners, um, much to the chagrin of the Khan because he's like, wait, I didn't say you could go. Um, So this is the long and boring cornfield shots uh, that lack any real wide shots. So you have no idea what's happening. Um, And everyone makes it to this rope. You have to climb up to get to the top of a cliff. And uh, as Jonathan's climbing, like Paul said, everyone here gets shot by an arrow. So yeah. someone, the competitor next to him, gets shot with an arrow. But it's too Just... easy to hit him with the arrow. So get the torch. <laughs> yes. Yes, they won't shoot Jonathan. So Zamir sets his rope on fire. Um, so, yeah, he outclimbs it. And uh, as he reaches to the top of the rope, he, of course, uh, turns to one of the judges, uh, which is just a not ninja with a flag showing him which way to go and complains like a true American. (laughs) Yeah. Why aren't you throwing the flag there, ref? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, One of the competitors gets speared at some point and then uh, we're at the rope gorge thing where like Jonathan's dad bought it. And uh, one guy, he made it across, but there's a not ninja waiting there for him. So he just uh, strikes him with his blade. Boom. Uh, And so Jonathan's on the rope and Zamir comes up behind him to watch him. And uh, he decides, I'm just going to cut this rope, which is kind of stupid again because he's mostly crossed it. So if the rope gets cut, he's just going to end up like climbing the rock face. And that's what, that's he, what does. he does. <laughs> yeah, you, you're bearing the lead here over the about the um, highly realistic dummies that have fallen to the their doom. <laughs> oh, that's of right. The, of the other, like I think the first wasn't. Did we see one of his dad at the beginning? I can't remember. We definitely saw a couple other no. ones of. But well, we do see other ones, but we didn't see the first one. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that first guy that got hit by the uh, blade once he crossed, like he fell down and there was, yes. And it, a, it is totally just like a dummy stuffed with newspapers or something because it just kind of flails and splats. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. when it's falling, it's not even like cohesive. It's just like its leg is up by its face. <laughs> and it... I thought like it would probably hit the water and then when it hit the rock and they were like, cut, let's save that take. I'm like, well, no, it's clearly a dummy. It like bounced and stuff. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And there was no blood, like not that I need it, but 
So, uh, yeah, it's all and all this stuff like to highlight the action. It gets kind of painful, but you could probably say that these days about bullet time. But a lot of the stuff is in slow-mo. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I love like I think at this scene, too, like it was it was in slow motion to the point where like even after Jonathan had bested the guy with the sword and he was like sort of walking up towards where the judge was. It was still in slow-mo, right? Because they were shooting on film, so they didn't have that footage any other way. Right? Yeah, yeah. Is this where the crazies are, or is that a little bit later? Cause I uh, it's, it yeah, it's later. Um, so oh, yeah. Thorg catches up to another competitor, and they fight, and Thorg oh, is right. pretty hilarious because he's so agile for a big guy. And... Uh, and so he to- basically takes this guy out with no problem, and he takes off his uh, decorative rope belt and strangles him to death. Um, <laughs> and Jonathan catches up to Thorg, uh, and so we're like, "Uh-oh, what's going to happen here?" But then now we get some like a callback. Finally, Jonathan hears the words from his Asian trainer and listens to the metal <laughs> of the axe in the wind. And just at the right moment, he ducks so that Thorg is hit with an arrow. <laughs> so Thorg breaks the arrow off. Smartly, he doesn't pull it out because then you'll bleed to death, right? But then he falls and rolls down a hill because he was hit with an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now there's a bunch of archers aiming at Jay, but he he knows what to do. He can hear things in the wind. So he just jumps behind trees whenever they shoot. And now we get to... The village of the crazies. And, oh, he'll, and he'll never get out alive, says uh, Zamir. Um, and if he did, no one would know. Because apparently insane people are attracted to lots of fog. Or they attract fog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a very foggy city. And... Uh, yeah, I liked here I like the sound design of like all the spooky voices and laughter. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I wrote down that some of it sounded like the chipmunks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 great when it's like disembodied, but there's like a scene where he's like walking through one of the streets and there's this like awesome face again, but it's like this old lady looking out a window and they like tied a sound to her, like her mouth opens and the sound is like <laughs> something like that. And that I was, was like, weird. I don't oh, man. <laughs> Even the slow mo part in this, like in this scene, I remember, like just out of curiosity, I was watching on the VLC and I, I sped it up like the fastest that I could, and it was all, it was still too slow. Like it was just, it would have, it would have worked with the fastest playback setting on VLC. <laughs> it, it really just seemed like they were trying to fill as much space as they could to get the movie to be like a minimum amount of, like, you know, like, like so. I, I was really, I was really surprised by that part, but I don't know if it's just because I've been so, like, like bored and frustrated all throughout the rest of the movie that I just kind of handled it when I got to the village of crazy. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in this scene. Like, yeah. there's the, the the dog licking up the pool of blood. <laughs> there's the dude with the backwards face. There's the priest dude with the assless robe. I mean, what happened to my father? He was not victorious. Actually, he fell victim to the insane asylum monk with his bare buttocks showing. Um, yeah. It's just. 
Yeah, there's the door trap where like he tries yeah. to open a door and some spikes come down and embed themselves in the door. Luckily, he doesn't get hurt. But I'm like, that trap works once. Like it's like a haunted house attraction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wrote down it reminded me of uh, Resident Evil Four a lot. Just kind of the, the tone. Yeah, the tone changes here. Like Paul uh, was saying, like. Um, like one of the guys that tries to attack him with a sickle, like Jonathan dodges him a bunch of times, and then the guy's just like, "I'm gonna cut off my hand." See, I crazy thought his hand, like, stuck to the pole, and then I'm like, "No, he's just crazy." <laughs> yeah, and, and the dog licking the puddle of blood, like apparently that was the last uh, other competitor that we had, uh, Gomez. Um, oh, right. s- stuck with some spears and stuff, and. Uh, Eventually, he he opens a door and there's Thorg coming at him. Oops. Um, and so he runs down another street and that's uh, what you were saying. The weird, like, I can't decide. Like, So it's, it looks like there's just a mannequin there. So Jonathan ignores it and spots the priest waving at him. And then when the priest turns around, he's got assless robes on. So Jonathan's like, wait, maybe I shouldn't go that way. And then he's attacked by this man who looked like the weird mannequin. So I can't decide, like, is it a disguise or is it, like, really bad makeup and that's supposed to be, like, the inbreeding birth defect, like it's a two-headed person? Oh, yeah, yeah. that was strange. Yeah. Like, it looked fake, but I'm like, this is also an 80s movie, so maybe that's just the best they could do. But, you know, I... Yeah, I didn't get the weird, like, the Harry Potter... Like Professor Quirrell with Voldemort on the back of his head, just was a little strange. <laughs> and it didn't seem like there was any setup for that part. I mean, everything else in this movie is weird. I'll give it that, but nothing is quite um, like fantastical. <laughs> and then you get to the scene with like you know the villager crazies, and then there's just stuff that, but kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> so we, if, we get, if, yeah, if the the backwards head like of the eyes had been closed, like he was you know pretending to be sleeping or something. Like I could buy that because he'd be like, okay, that dude's eyes are closed, and then. He turns around and the guy's chasing after him with a knife, but it's just as is. I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, the entire town comes after him. Um, luckily, as with every town center, like we have here in Edmonton, I know Vancouver has one. Maybe it's just Canada, but there's a pommel horse in the middle of the town. Yep. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Jonathan does his gymnastic thing and kicks everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, they pretty much, uh, pun intended, beat that dead horse as much as they can before Jonathan runs away to be chased not only by crazy people but crazy slow-motion dogs. <laughs> uh, and he goes down an alley and he goes uh, back to uh, back to the wall, feet to the other, and climbs up because it's a thin alleyway. But he's kind of tired and he can't get this uh, these bars off this window. And he, he looks like he's uh, done for because of the people and dogs below and above. There's a slow-mo, not ninja coming at him. So he's pretty much trapped. Um, but wait, like the ninja, the not ninja, offers him a helping hand crazy so they get to the roof and uh not ninja takes off his hood it's john's dad isn't that nice he's alive 
Yeah, and I was like, what? I really like some sort of like a father's, like a deeper father's son moment here, maybe some talk like what happened, but it's just like, yeah, that's a nightmare or whatever, and then they just piece it. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, and then I like too because uh, we have seen the funny like bad fake bodies fall to the riverbed below the gorge and his dad's like luckily i got hung up in some trees like they wrecked my arm i can't use it but i was like there there was no trees down there <laughs> uh, yeah definitely no trees. that was a very rocky territory i think he, he became one of the craziest eventually i mean <laughs> well it's obviously why they picked him to go because he's like indestructible yeah um so anyway, before we move on with that scene, they cut to the palace where the princess is trying to convince the Khan that the guards are at the palace door and they're keeping them in not to protect them. He's like, no, they use security. <laughs> right. Uh, and the reunion is short lived between John and his dad, because once they're out of the city of the crazies uh, and they're hugging, Samir and his men are waiting and uh, they shoot daddy Kobo. Co- Shoot him. Uh, so, yeah, but he comes back later, though. He's on a horse. I know. He's indestructible, this guy. Arrows suck. You guys should really get guns in Parmistan. So uh, so he's like, go win the game. And so Jonathan jumps on the – he well, he jumps the Not Ninja and then steals his horse. And he starts riding to the finish. And on the way, he has to jump like a small gorge and – Zamir is hot on his trail, but uh, Zamir's men sort of chicken out. They don't want to jump their horses. So now it's Zamir and Jonathan Mano Imano, gymnast versus the film, the film's fight choreographer. This ought to go well. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's really not particularly that uh, spectacular. Am I right? Like I can't even remember what happened right now. Yeah, I'm not. I I, I can't remember anything. I remember him them jumping the gorge but that's about it yeah it's kind of lackluster um jonathan like ends the fight by sort of like he's basically standing still because he's a gymnast and we have to show that off and he like leaps high enough that he can like get onto the back of zamir's shoulder and he like takes him down and then he like cracks his neck that's it yeah that Uh, was a little disturbing i mean yeah because they like yeah, this movie like really likes the kill, the kill stuff. <laughs> they like I mean, pay special. The people t- getting hit with arrows and falling to their death. It's like you can see the like the dummy hitting the rocks. Like okay, that's fine, but the crack the neck thing comes. Surprised me a little. <laughs> and maybe maybe it's surprising too because of our uh, level of sound effects here. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So it's even more violent. You're like, oh, ow! I think oh, that was wow. right next to me. That sounds like a tree branch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so back at the palace, uh, palace, not Jack Palance. Uh, back at the palace, the Khan and the princess take it's out searching the for Curly's gold. <laughs> yes. Uh, they take out the guards and they run outside, and the Khan is like, "People, listen to me!" And they're all like, "Yakmala." He's like, "No, shut up." Um, the soldiers are traitors. And so everybody starts attacking the soldiers, and then Jonathan rides into town with his injured dad in tow. 
And uh, the princess runs up to be with him, and uh, she leaps on the horse. And then we get the awesome 80s pause screen of the princess on the horse with Jonathan and a little note telling us that the U.S. early warning station was placed in Parmistan. Enter triumphant score. Did you notice the weird extra space between, I think it was Star Wars or I can't remember what, but like that text, there was like a weird extra random space between a couple of words. I did notice that, in fact, because I I was like trying to like read it, and I so I paused it, and I was like, "Yeah, what's going on there?" <laughs> yeah, that was a little. I mean, a little bit of an abrupt end. <laughs> all the all the like the fillers they put in for the fighting scenes and the slow mo, you know, that could have been good a good use of time to kind of flush out the ending a bit more. Yeah, I wanted more uh, uh, closure epilogue. Yeah, things like that. I mean, like I get the. Uh, I don't know what trope this is based off of because all the ones I think of came after it. Like I, when I think of this kind of movie, I think of like some like the Triwizard Tournament, like Harry Potter, or, like Hunger Games or something. Obviously, well, I even I wrote down in my notes this is a proto Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. But those movies, it's like that tournament. That's like the superficial thing that is something underneath it, right? So. There's some other objective in the movie. It's like, oh, you got to do this because so and so. So well, he, Enter the Dragons like that, and that was in the '70s. Like it was the fighting tournament, but he's like a secret agent to try and bring down the so, uh, criminal leader of the tournament thing, which is no way the same plot as Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so, Armin, is it uh, is this movie like so bad it was good or? I honestly, I I was really mean to Waterworld, but I I, <laughs> I, I would I would praise that film now because <laughs> at least it had the simplicity of its plot, just sort of being about just the one guy, and then maybe you know he's angry towards women. I don't know why, um, and because you know the society mistreats him because he's a mutant, but. It kind of it made sense, like as a, like when I watched that movie, I'm like, okay, so gotta find some map. Map is on this girl. Oh, uh, now he's gonna go back into the ocean or whatever. Like it, it was simple enough. This movie just had so many words that I had to learn and just so much <laughs> misinformation. I'm like, wait, what did he say? Is that really so? I think it was so bad. It was bad. I see. I see. All right. Dan, um, I'll I'll take the uh, opposite opinion that it was so bad it was entertaining because it was uh, like what the hell's going on every two seconds and it was just so weird and bizarre and um, granted I went to it knowing the its reputation so I had I don't want to say high expectations but I you know <laughs> kind of knew what to expect to some extent but I, I definitely enjoyed it. It's because it was so terrible. Yeah, I think, I mean, as we always say, like, uh, to do the show and to talk to each other, we, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, we we watch these movies, like, to get it done and take notes. But uh, I think it is kind of a film, like, if you watch with friends, it's uh, in a group, like, you're going to enjoy yourselves because just yeah. the out- outlandish, like, gymnastics equipment, like, laying around <laughs> in the scenes and... Uh, 
And then like the weird things, like the what the heck is that two-headed man thing? So yeah, there's enough <laughs> random <laughs> WTF moments that it's good for introducing the unsuspecting friends just for their yes. reactions. Yes, that is true. That's very true, actually. It, watching this in a vacuum in isolation is <clears throat> true. True, Paul. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, if you had asked me when I was about three quarters of the way through the movie i would have said uh so bad it's good uh and then (laughs) and then we got into the uh the village of crazy people and i felt like that went on way too long and i did not know what was going on anymore i was also not sure if anything was real anymore at the end of that uh and that kind of started to sour it for me um i do think that they're uh it is it is a good movie for that kind of thing. Like, hey, if you got a bunch of friends together and it's like, let's just watch something really stupid while we play euchre. Um, I think I think this movie could be a good candidate for that kind of thing. Cool. Point, actually, I mean, yeah, the, the little crazy part I think was kind of a bit it was a bit of a shock to me. I think, but by that point, you've only seen so much bad acting that. <laughs> so uh has anyone before we sign off has anyone have like a good movie recommendation for our listeners has anyone seen uh, anything good just just in general yeah yeah it doesn't have to be in the gymnastics theme <laughs> uh, hmm. come back to me someone else go <laughs> armin do you have anything you've seen lately you would suggest for people to see uh, I mean, on the topic of, uh, I guess, 80s movies, I don't, I, I went back and I, and I, I started watching all the Indiana Jones again, but I find this, like, find it really funny, this, like, common theme of, um, non-Americans, like, the way they're portrayed, <laughs> just always with scimitars, like, for no reason, just, so I think Temple of Doom, if you haven't seen that in a while, that's, a uh, that, that's got some similar vibes here. People going across a gorge, um, people dying. In that's trouble. true. Yeah. yeah. So I saw some similar. Nice. There's some Temple of Doom elements in this. Yeah. And I think Tem- Temple of Doom gets a worse rap than it deserves for the Indiana yeah. Jones movies. But yeah. maybe that's because we've all seen uh, Crystal Skull now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. If I yeah, was ahead, if Paul. I was going to recommend one, I would say uh, you should watch uh, the Cutting Edge, uh, which <laughs> is of course uh, in keeping with the Olympic Olympic theme, or maybe the guy plays one sport tries to play a different sport theme. Uh, hockey player who uh, cannot play hockey anymore because he has limited vision in one of his eyes due to an injury right. uh, and he can't see the puck anymore correctly or he doesn't have enough depth perception. Um, so this uh, trainer guy comes out of nowhere and decides to co-opt him to be a partner with uh, for couple skating uh, and the uh, couple that he or the the woman that he plays against really is not having it doesn't really want to be a couple skating it's it, it's got some great uh i think that was more like early 90s um but it's got some great elements to it and it also has uh fantastic training mas- montages nice. and lo- lots of figure skating i mean really 
you should not be able to resist figure skating. Who, who can resist figure skating? <laughs> Elisa, I mean, wait, was this movie, movie um, is that early 90s, you said? Sounds like- I, I feel like it was early 90s. Oh, there we go. I said that, 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Nice. Looks good. Um, I have one now that's kind of like in the vein of the terrible game sort of thing. I mean, there's a the classic Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, awesome. <laughs> you know, which uh, mm, sort of has the, well, not so much as like Enter the Dragon. I guess there's not like the him going undercover to like find something else out. But there's at least that... Uh, this deadly contest that an outsider has to train for and enter and try to win. So th- it is similar in that regard and totally worth watching. Well, I mean, that's um, so I mean, yeah, that's, so that's going to answer your question right there. Yeah. There's, Come there's on. some, there's some great eighties <laughs> training montages in that one too. Yes. 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 I, I was going to recommend, and like like you guys like uh, I even put myself on the spot when I uh, tried to come up with recommendations this time. <laughs> and while my wife was gone this summer, uh, I watched a bad movie um, because I love bad movies and I expect them to be bad. And so I was kind of surprised by the Maze Runner. <laughs> I thought it looked really stupid, and I didn't understand why anyone would be interested in it. And when I saw the previews, I was like, "Oh, this looks like a tween movie." And it is very cheesy, and there are moments that are pretty bad. And I was like, but I expected them, so it was completely okay. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want some cheesy. Well, they're doing a sequel to that, aren't they? Wait, is, yeah, was, it's is, coming is out. the second one out already? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it just, it just came, came out. out. Yeah. Yep. So, it was so I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I kind of have to watch a second one. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's very much like, oh, we're going to throw all these, like, twists for no reason in, like uh, Lost or, you know, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. So that's what got me is, like, the story's moving. So, like, the next one that's out now, I'm like, oh, I kind of have to see that now because they threw something at me at the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So so anyway, we got to get moving. Let's move it. Uh, So... Uh, let's see, we should sign off. So, uh, Dan, uh, where can people find you if they want to seek out your drawings, your writings? You can find me on clattertron.com. That's clatter like the noise and Tron like the movie Tron. I'm also on Twitter at Daniel J. Hogan and my uh, portfolio site such as it is, is danieljhogan.com. You can find all my stuff through any of those. Cool. Armin. Uh, I started a webcomic, biasedcat.com, before I just had the blog, which I occasionally have comics on, but then some writing. So, um, yeah, just biasedcat.com is where you can find my stuff. I'm trying to trying to put something up every week, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, at Sick Days on Twitter, or you can go to S-I-K-K-D-A-Y-S. Dot me and find out what I've written lately and what I'm doing. And of course, I am uh, Paul D on Twitter, and uh, you can find links to all the crazy stuff that I work on uh, at padizio.com, P A D I Z I O, which badly needs to have some real design put on it, but still, 
It's it's a list of links. You can find good stuff. <laughs> hey, maybe I could maybe I could recommend someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, digital media is cool. Nice. Uh, so. So next week, uh, we are back with Film Fro, not Montreal Sauce, just FYI. Dun, dun, dun. That's Mixing right. it up. That's right. You guys need to be it's kicking off Spooktember or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, no, uh, one, I scheduled a really great opportunity for Montreal Sauce on the 15th. We're talking to someone from Patreon.com. Oh, and fun. two... Uh, next week, uh, our guest reviewers, I uh, managed to land Adam Dotchis and Darren Herksig from the Supercharged and the Awkward Human Survival Guide podcast over at 5x5. Five five. So that'll be pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, uh, tune in next Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, unless you're my mom. Mom, if you're listening, you should skip that off. one. <laughs> you, you should skip that one. We're we're watching. Our guests have picked a pretty raunchy Skinamax film, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. So. Oh, <laughs> awesome! So you're not so, doing any Halloween movies? What? We are on the 29th. Okay. Uh, actually, I think uh, Armin is going to pick that one. So, uh, so yeah. Um, Maybe I should try to get the release schedule going so that we could actually release that one close to Halloween, too. <laughs> yeah. I should work on show notes is what he said. I think my next <laughs> one's in December for House Party. Yes. Can't wait. I have actually never seen House Party all the way through. Cool. I don't remember much of it. So <laughs> didn't play, though, there. Too hype. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, thanks, so much for uh, Dan and Armin for joining us, uh, and uh, and yeah, um, I'm really happy that you're all listening. It's a lot of fun to do these shows, and I definitely had fun tonight. So uh, we're going to send you off, and uh, I usually say something from Buckaroo Banzai, but uh, you know, tonight is special, so I'll send you off with some wise words. Do not hear the wood split. Here, the only sound of axe cut in the air. Read the air itself. <laughs> it has much to say to you. That's right. The and then the much. falcon needs to go screaming yeah, away. <laughs> <laughs> the air has much to say to you. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> Bye. who follow you.